one two one two one two um this is a brand new podcast some of you may be familiar with me and my voice my name is chris currently of the breaking atoms podcast and i have decided to start a podcast with my lovely wife who's about to introduce herself hold on you decided to start it or we no it was we it was we my bad my bad take credit I'm sorry. Yeah. You've now set the tone for our podcast. (laughs) Conflict. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how we do. I'm Roxy. I am the other half of this no name podcast. Uh, And why does it have no name? You came up with a name and then decided five minutes before we start that that name ain't right. Yeah, but it's just, you know, tell tell people what the original name was. Just, Just so they know that I'm not crazy. No, I haven't got a problem with the fact you've decided not to go with the name. I wanted to go with something a bit more inclusive. I completely agree. The name was meant to be Chris on the Rocks, playing on our names. But to be fair, it's a bit egotistical. Yeah. And we're not really big egos. Well, I am. I can be. I can be. I can be. But I just, it just didn't, it just didn't feel right. We're big personalities. I'm not sure about big that's egos. A, that's a better way of putting it. Yes, big personalities, big personalities. But we we do have a, even though we don't have a name, we have planned this episode, I think, quite thoroughly. And we've gone into a lot of detail. It is the 25th anniversary of an album that means a lot to us. I think we've had many conversations about the album. We've bonded over the album. We've played it repeatedly, hmm. back to back, back to front, front to front, front to back, all that kind of stuff. We even played some of the songs at our wedding. Yes, yeah, some of the songs were on our wedding list. Um, it's the 25th anniversary of the infamous album by Mob Deep. Mob Deep. Oof. The infamous. You know what's funny about Mob Deep? What? When I first heard the name Mob Deep, I actually thought it was like a crew of about 100 men. Same here. And it was just two, two, two guys, yeah, two short guys as well. Like two young, short guys, two young, short guys who may not be large in physical stature, but Ooh. in terms of what they contributed to hip hop music, absolutely, it's, it's immeasurable. Yeah. You can't even quantify it. Yeah. So we're going to break down the infamous album, favorite songs, little bits and pieces about what we like, what we've noticed. And um, I'm sure we agree on a few things, but there's also going to be things that we don't agree on i as am always, sure i am sure always. so you know in my typical spectrum fashion i've got some fun facts from the album let's before, go before we kick in so um biggie smalls who had a relationship with matty c matty c is one of the a&rs along with scott free and mm-hmm. stretch armstrong he suggested that temperatures rising which was one of his favorite songs should be the lead single big noid was missing from the photo shoot so if you look at the back of the album um, there's a whole bunch of dudes Capone from Capone and Noriega's there as well but Big Noid was missing because he had a court date that day Prodigy wrote his verse from Shook Ones while he was intoxicated mm-hmm. um, I read it was PCP yeah they were saying there was some dust in there there, there was um, yeah some narcotics being mm-hmm. consumed during the writing of that song uh, Ghostface was originally on Eye for an Eye as well um, but there was some issues with the sample. It was, I think it was an Al Green sample. Yeah. Uh, it was way too obvious. They ran out of budget. So have it chopped up a bit more, made it a bit unrecognizable. Ghostface is actually on the remix. Mm. So he was on the original, but they've turned his version into a remix. Um, and also I listened to a Drink Champs interview and Steve Rifkin said on the day that they released the album, they actually went and played Ball in the Park. Wow. Which is quite interesting. It's almost like, do you guys realise you, you just, you're just about to change the trajectory of hip-hop, particularly in, in New York City? Which is, which is always fascinating to me. But yeah, those are my fun facts. I think you forgot a really important fact. Considering we both love food, they spent a lot of budget on wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were ordering like <laughs> 800 wings a pot because they had like 20, 30 guys in the studio at a time and they were just they were just raking it in with the wings. That's crazy. 800, you know how much? Like That's 800 wings. wings. Yeah. I remember being in California, shout out to Jeremy, and we, we ordered, it was what, three of us? Three, four of us. Mm. And we ordered 50 wings, yeah? And we had like little celery sticks and stuff. No one ate the celery, I didn't. But 50 wings was more than enough for four people. I think I once ate 50 wings. By yourself? I think so. I've got a check, I think with Fada and someone else who went to like, like a sports bar and they had mm-hmm. loads of wings on deal. And I think I might have eaten 50 wings. You're mad. 
you'll know that anyway. Yeah. So I'm not surprised they got through 800 wings. Yeah. I'm not surprised they got through 800 wings. The wings all. must have tasted good though. Oh, I think they're from a Chinese joint. Must have been, must have been. So the album originally released April 25th, mm-hmm. 1995 on Loud Records, predominantly produced by, it says, it says in the credits, Mob Deep, but we've come to find that it was really Havoc doing much of the production along with Q-Tip. It was a and by Matty C, Scott Free and Stretch Armstrong. The photography on the artwork as well, which is a little fun fact I want to share with people, uh, was done by a photographer, very well known in, in hip-hop circles, uh, Chi mm, Modu, yeah. who actually did uh, photography for For most Tupac. artists, for a lot of yeah, artists, so actually. Yeah, so Tupac and Snoop, which I, I find quite ironic considering all the names mentioned had issues yeah. at some point. Um... It was uh, recorded in a variety of studios, battery studios, unique studios. And another fun fact as well, I forgot to mention, I forgot to mention, I forgot to mention. When they started recording the album, they started in Hempstead, mm. Long Island, which I think is where Prodigy is originally yep. from. But that just to capture the vibe and the energy, they took it to Queensbridge after That's that. That's really so, cool. Yeah, I think that was a good good uh, decision in terms of the creative process. I think it's really important to consider 1995 in hip hop and where it was at, because I think... Like, their sound was really unique in that time. You had, obviously, like, when you think of what was dropped that year, like, Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous, you had Safe and Sound, DJ Quick, you had Soul Food, Goody Mob. Wow. There was a lot going on yeah. across the States. Uh, but that QB sound, obviously, with, with Illmatic, was already coming through, and I think they just sealed the deal. Absolutely. So, take it back, and you don't have to take it back to 95, but where were you when you first heard the album and what were the circumstances around? I'm, I'm assuming you got a tape or a CD? No. Was it a CD? No, neither. Okay. Neither, actually. I got into it really late. So okay. probably around 2001. Uh, these are times when I'm scrolling through Napster, downloading random tracks. And one of the ones I stumbled on was Shook Ones. Um, and I remember immediately hearing it and it's the same feeling I get to this day. This kind of rush in your body. You actually, you feel it, right? Shook one's one of those songs where you can't help but feel it. Uh, I remember hearing it and being like, wow, this is crazy. Um, and the internet wasn't as kind of vast as it is now. It was a lot harder to find the details of what track lists were and all that. I remember just trying to search for every song. I think it took me probably two weeks to get the whole infamous album downloaded. So you, you, did you download it track by track? Yeah, it was Napster. So oh, yeah. literally downloading every track by track. And what was interesting was obviously it was dial-up times. So you'd start downloading a track and then some some auntie would call the house and then it would get cut off and then I'd be left with all these failed corrupted files um it took me two weeks to get the whole album and then that album really it just really shaped me I loved I loved the sound I was just immediately in love with what they produced um and it just stuck with me since then that's a great story you think so yeah it's a great story because it's what I find really interesting is because of the slight age gap between us is our entry points in terms of the music and the artists we like are very, very different, but it's always amazing how we just kind of really meet in the middle for the mm, most part. Because like you obviously would have heard it at the time, I'm guessing with a tape. A tape, yeah. yeah. So once again, I mention his name all the time, Sean Etienne, my guy, shout out to Sean. He he basically gave me a tape. He's the plug. He No, Sean he's the original the plug. plug. He yeah, he's is the original, original plug. plug. So I remember um, he played, I think it must have been Survival of the Fittest. Mm. He showed me the video because um, he, he, he used to tape videos from the box and he used to do the hand, handwritten track list. Oh, so like awesome. sometimes we'd have like 60 videos on one VHS and he had numbers, the name of the song and all that kind of stuff. That's an art, you know. Yeah, that's handwritten. Art, and I'm yeah. sure he's still got them. I'm yeah, sure he's still awesome. got them. So next time I see him, once the Rona's gone, I might just start taking pictures of all this stuff and, and archiving it. So yeah, he, he played me the survival, of, survival of the Fittest, the video. And I remember he gave me a batch of tapes in one sitting because you know I was one I was one of the younger guys so I can't I, I really looked up to you know people in his year and whatnot so imagine getting these albums in one session right so the infamous mm. mob deep ready to die biggie smalls okay sounding crazy already az Dole die, die right Ooh. got that in one session um and he also gave me uh 93 till infinity souls wow. of mischief and Lab Cab in California. That's an amazing, amazing mix. That was a care package. Yeah, yeah. he gave me the care package. <laughs> um, I went back to the house and I've, I've been listening to those albums ever since. So I think this must have been 
I reckon this was late 95, mid to late 95. Because wow. those albums came out at different times. So mid, mid to late 95. And um, yeah, I heard The Infamous. And it's one of those albums I've just... Because I, I got the impression that we were close-ish in age. Mm. So how old were you at that point? So I must have been about 13, going so, on 14. interestingly, both me and you got into it at the same age, because that's how old I was. Right. Yeah, that's right. crazy. And it's, it's ruined our lives. The media, <laughs> we, <we've, laughs> it took we were, over. Yeah, we were corrupted. So yeah, well, this was like mid to summer. Summer 95 was when I, I first started getting into Mob Deep. Cool. So, key themes mm. in the album. I think the themes are like around darkness, the kind of dystopian reality. Wow, she said this. Was dy- no, it is. It is dystop- dystopian reality. It is. It's kind of like this world is messed up. Um, kind of reality of living on the projects, uh, the kind of state of nature, you know, war of all against all, as even like survival of the fittest. Mm. Um, and I think just, I guess, the realities of death, imprisonment, alcoholism, and all that comes with the street life. And I guess... One big bag of stress. Fighting. Finally, it's just really authentic. It's authenticity. It's not kind of hiding away and trying to package it any differently. Because obviously with Juvenile Hall, it was a very different sound in some ways. And this one was so much more authentic. Mm. Um, and just hitting on what it's really like to grow up around Queensbridge. Yeah, I think you, you probably just nailed it, really. Oh, um, thanks. I had written down on my notes as well. I think... I was talking to our friend, shout out to Claude, you'll hear from him in a bit, but I was talking to him on the phone and I was saying to him, I think for the uninitiated and the people who may not necessarily get hip hop music, they would listen to this album and probably some, some people would be like, you know, it's all about violence. They'd Mm. focus on the negative side, but Mm. as I've gotten older and Mm. I've lived life a bit more, I've started to realize that it's not just about that. Like, you know, they talk about anxiety and paranoia so yeah. when and Havoc, depression exactly yeah, so like yeah. when havoc on um temperatures rising, rising when he says um people taking pictures i see lights flash that's paranoia mm. um self-medication drink away the pain absolutely um i'm only 19 but my mind, mind is, is old it's, it's yeah. talking about kind of being living live, being forced to live a certain life that gives you wisdom beyond mm. your years but you're being mm. exposed to certain things that children and teenagers really should not be exposed yeah. to well, i think that's what it is it's a it's showcasing what young people were seeing living up on the projects mm. and kind of not never kind of shying away from it but saying hey this is it and yeah. and i think that's what makes it so special agreed agreed so my f- my three favorite songs go okay so it. we'll go there i think at the top of the list mm. at the top 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 of the list and don't get me don't get me wrong i like all the songs on the album there's two that i'm not crazy about mm. but i love all the rest so my favorite song on the album is give up the goods Oof. Give up the goods, yeah? That song right there, you know, I, I tell you why I like that song. Because it's dark and it's bright at the same time. Mm. And I feel, we'll touch on it later, but I just feel like Q-Tip's production and the drums just yeah. had a certain snap mm. to it. And it's just like... And it's just every time I hear that beat, I just it just makes me feel... Not just good, but it makes me feel like you can take on the world type kind of kind of kind of a lean to your walk if 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 that's the right term to you. So give up the goods is my favorite song on the album, and the Esther Phillips sample. I can't remember the name of the song, but that sample I think is undefeated. Second favorite song, and I want to say as well, Rox. In terms of my favorite songs, I've deliberately left out Shook Ones and Survival of the Fittest. Mm, why is that? Because to me, those are just like Mount Rushmore tunes. Like mm. you have no choice but to like them. True. Right? So it's, this is like, you know, when, you, when we went to university, you, mm. you, you do your module or your course or whatever, and they have like um, required reading. Mm. Um, and then you had a list of books that were kind of optional. Yeah, additional reading. Right. Yeah. So I feel like Shook Ones and Survival, Survival of the Fittest are the required, that's required listening. Those are two songs I would say to people, you're getting into hip-hop music for the first time. If Aliens came to space, I would put that on my mixtape yeah. for the Aliens. So my next favourite song, Temperatures Rising. Yeah. And the reason why I love that song is because it really highlights stress and paranoia. But what I love about it the most is that it immortalises Killer Black. Mm. So in the same way that Nas said um, on One Love, one What's love. Up With Cormega, yeah, yeah. if Cormega never released an album we would still, in some ways, be talking about 
Cormega. Yeah. It made us. He's on the radar. Yeah, right? it yeah. made us like very inquisitive. Like, who is who is mm. this guy? And this is before the internet. Remember, so we couldn't just Google what Cormega was doing yeah. at the time. And we've come to realize he was a very official guy um, in Queensbridge. <laughs> very, very official. He went hard. Yeah, very official. But it was the same thing with Killer Black. So just you know, just the fact that this guy is called Killer Black will let you know he's a very, 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 very serious, very, very serious, serious man. Yeah, very, very serious man. I saw a picture of him on the internet. I saw one as yeah, well. He looks just like Havoc. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A very, very, very serious. very serious man. So I just love the fact that it immortalizes and brings the whole Queensbridge universe mm. by um, painting the, not just the picture, but the people and the places. And my third favorite song, and this song gasses me every time, is Up North Trip. I love that song. That extra snare. On yeah, the hook, that, gasses that, that's me. That's Q-tip. Yes, he added that. You know that, Did right? He? Yeah, he added that little extra so, extra snare to that. So the song is produced by Mob Deep, mm-hmm. quote unquote, Havoc, but Q-tip added that extra snare. Yeah. What a legend! Yeah, what he an added absolute that. legend. I love that song because it's literally about the cycle of going in and out of prison. Yeah, going to street life, then go, like living the high life, then going yeah. back in, and I think it's just it shows the ups and downs. Yeah, the uncertainties of of, of living in the streets, and yeah. it just uh, what I love about the song is that it, it reminds you, or it, rem- it reminds me that just one slip up, just one slip up. I don't know, you might. <laughs> shoot the wrong person or <laughs> you know sell someone the wrong drugs and you can go right back inside I remember playing that on my radio show I remember this guy from America being the like the flex the flex yeah <laughs> and this guy from America being like oh my god never heard that song before really? is it is it unreleased and I was like no it's no, on the infamous no. it's on the infamous like you know you can you know you can walk into the shop and buy it right now innit so yeah um Give up the goods, temperatures rising and up north trip shout out to T1 actually cuz T1 made a beat that sampled the same song for Up North Trip. And every, wow. I remember being in the studio with him and um, we were listening to music and um, Up North Trip came on and he's like, yeah, you know, you know, I sound, you know, I sampled this, isn't it? And I'm like, yes, yes, I do remember. So yeah, shout out to T1, Up North Trip. Great song. Uh, yeah, so my ones, we've got some similarities. We've got some differences too. Okay. Um, my favourite track, as you know, is Temperatures Rising. I think for me, it's just a beautiful song. It's a really vulnerable song, actually. Mm. I think the idea of kind of voicing your your concern for your brother, your your kind of your friend as well, is really really beautiful. Um, I love the sample produced Russian. I think that's such a beautiful sample. I don't know if you know, but actually, that wasn't the original beat. No, I've got the original. Yeah. I, I, can I be honest with you? I'm oh. so glad Q-Tip redid that song. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 He, brought, he brought it to life. Yeah, I, I, I completely love that sample, and I think actually. Um, they wanted something that was really QB and uh yeah basically Q-Dip's like less deep Patrice Russian um yeah I just love the fact that it's written like it's a phone call I think that's mm. so cool because mm. it really sums up that time that they were living in where it literally was a phone call if you could catch that person trying to get it through quick hoping the line's not tapped it's all Western those, Union. Yeah, Western... Oh, that's going to come up later on for yeah. me. Um, and actually, did you know uh, that Crystal Johnson was brought in by Q-Tip? Yeah, I read about the, that. And that she was coaching Mary J and Faith Evans uptown. uptown. Yeah. Crazy. I know. Crazy. I, did Crystal Johnson ever release an album? I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. She's one of those, uh, I call them 90s songstresses that they may not have had like albums or like definitive pieces of work but they would always Oof. pop up on on certain records like um i think of crystal johnson tammy lucas mm. um vania i never pronounce her name right vania mohica who did stuff for like quali and all that yeah, yeah she, she's one of those types of people yvette michelle and even though she had an album on loud yeah. ironically but um yeah love yeah. crystal johnson she did a great job uh, my second favorite i should not it's actually not in right order but i'd say my second favorite would be trife life I love the storytelling on that song. I think it's just the idea that, you know, for some people meeting a woman is a really simple thing. You just go up, you talk to her and then you just link up at some point. But the fact that there's this level of paranoia and fear around what that could lead to a honey trap situation. I love that that's being told and it was told so beautifully um, on that song. Um, And I think it just sums up the kind of fear you live in if you're not living in uptown New York. it's a very different life. So I love that song. And then unlike you, as much as I believe that songs like Shook Ones and Survival of Fittest are kind of compulsory listening. That's my snob coming out though. Yeah, no, it is. They they are. They completely are um, compulsory listening. But I'm sorry. If I'm at any rave, party, 
wedding, gathering or live show and I hear the sound of the cooker, mm-hmm. <laughs> Havoc's mm-hmm. cooker. You know what time it is. I know what time yes. it is. And whether and I'm in the, you better buy I'm in the watch, kitchen, up. if I'm in the bathroom, I don't care where I am. I am running to that floor. No, you know, you know, you know, if you're in the bathroom, you're not going to do that, innit? You've got to wash your hands first. Yeah, you've got to wash your hands. Yeah, wash wash your hands. Your Cor- hands. Corona and that. <laughs> corona and that. But, you know, I think it's, um, it's ingenious. That sample of the stove is so ingenious. Uh, I love... I just love the story it's telling. It's social commentary at its finest. And it's, I guess it's a banger, a crowd banger that never skims on truth. Mm. And, and that's what I love about it. You're talking about shook ones still, yeah? Yeah, 100%, I love, man. I love shook ones. It's like, well, I think the legend of shook ones, let me, let me dress back a bit. So I always judge classic songs by how it makes people feel mm. and how they react to it. Sometimes... Music is not always a science, it's a feeling. So anytime you hear Troy, people do the finger in there. Yeah. Every single time. And the reaction is the same with Shook ones. I don't care where you go on earth. When you hear that cooker stove, people know what time it is. And I have to say, I think it's one of my favourite Havoc verses. Yes, um, he, he deserves a lot more credit for yeah. his verses. Don't on get me album. wrong, P's verse, of course, is right. fire. Everyone knows that verse. But mm-hmm. I actually quite like Havoc's verse on yeah. that. Yeah, it's yeah, nice. me too. I think Havoc's, um, sorry, Prodigy's verse. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into a bit of a love fest about this verse. We can debate all day about who's got the best punchlines or mm. who's got the best delivery or who who um, outshined who on what track. You know, all that stuff is is is, is subjective. I think in terms of rap performance. Just the delivery, the mm. intonation, the cadence. Cadence is amazing. It's one of the best performed verses in the history of hip hop. Well, I, I am willing to die on that hill. I think that's why people know that verse from front to back. It's compulsory. Yeah. It's, Muscle it's, memory. Yeah, it, literally. I could, be, I, I could probably be asleep and it comes on you know and it. I can bounce out and know all the rhymes. You know exactly what it is. I mean, the other day I was walking to the shops and I just, I did a little test. Um, and I said, let me see if I can do this verse because I haven't rapped it in ages. Let me see if I can do this verse. I put the instrument, I put the instrumental on in, in my earphones and I literally did the entire song. I can do the entire song too. Yeah, I did the, no, but I'm just trying to say like, I sorry, did enti- I'm, I'm not going to have you just take that credit away. <laughs> I can do I it did, too. I did the entire song, ad libs, ad libs, the, dro- the beat dropouts that, you know, to all the killers and hundred dollar billers. And what I love is the subtle, um. Like how Havoc comes in with the ad lib track, um, while they're still alive, I'm go figure. figure. I, love I love it. Love it. Prodigy's verse, like the internal rhyme schemes in there, the fact that his violent threats were so <laughs> poetic, mm. <laughs> abstract. Like you have to be on drugs to say, um, I will rock you in your face and stab your brain mm. with your nose mm, bone. bone. Yeah. I didn't even know that there was a, the bone in the nose. I'm, I'm young, you see. I just think it's just this little piece at the end, the nose. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm thinking, like, how are you going to stab someone? You know how hard you have to punch someone to, like, to, for that to happen? Yeah, very so, hard. So, um, yeah, Prodigy's verse, like, Prodigy's verse, absolutely incredible. I think it's one of the early verses where you realise, as an MC, right, it's hard for me to enjoy music sometimes because I'm always analysing it. Prodigy became a master of the opening verse. Oh, he killed and it. And the opening line. Yeah, his opening lines were always fire. Even on um, like Hell on Earth, yeah. You Take It Forward, all like so many songs, he literally would come in with a line, you'd be like, wow, I've got to listen to this. Absolutely. You're hooked. And with Prodigy's verse on Shook Ones, <clears throat> every single line is a quotable. 100%. You could take any line from that song and write another song just from that line every line is a quote he's basically just giving you jab 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 all jab the time the whole so time. look how they use his voice like if you think about how many songs prodigy's voice has been used it's on faking jacks that's havoc i oh, have it sorry my bad sorry i thought you meant just mob deep anyway no it's cool it's cool so they've used havoc um what else was havoc used on um worst comes to worst yeah dilated peoples you have um you love this song you know which one i'm gonna talk about no i don't know ozone oh i love ozone yeah, yeah. ozone uh Beware yeah. by Big Pun. Fat Joe used him on um, Crack Attack. 
from Don Cartagena. So yeah, just the, I think Prodigy's just got one of them voices and them deliveries, and I'm willing to willing to down that hill that he has the yeah. best opening lines. I break bread, ribs, hundred dollar bills. bills. I think the only person that can really approach him in first line greatness is Inspector Depp. Yeah, he's got good first lines. Yeah, yeah. So Prodigy, the lyricist, man, love that guy. We had some friends. You were going to say something. Go on. Oh no, you, you can go first. No, you were going to say something. You should say. No, I'm going to ask you a question. Shoot. I was going to ask you what your favourite lyrics were. Okay. So, favourite lyrics. I've got a few. Mm. I've got a few. I've got a few. Um, I love what Havoc says at the end of Survival of the Fittest. When he says, um, if beef, we never separate and pull, pull together. When worse comes to worse, my peoples come first. Mm. Um, I'm not going to say the swearing line because I don't like saying that. But he says, my crew's all about loot. F looking cute I'm strictly tin boots And army certified suits Puffing L's Laid back Enjoying the smell In the bridge Getting down It ain't hard to tell mm. I just love that Because There's such a simplicity To it And when he talks about um, the, the boots And army certified <laughs> suits Like if you look On the back Of the cover It's like This is literally What they were wearing They're talking about Being in a war mm. This is the soldier's uniform but they were That also, he's describing I mean he's also said In interviews About that line mm-hmm. The reality was They weren't guys That were getting uh, Dressed up And looking in the mirror They were just Putting on clothes And nine times out of ten They were wearing The same pants every day yeah. So this was their reality It wasn't like Oh yeah I'm going to go through Look at which leather pants I'm going to wear Or <laughs> which skinny <laughs> jeans It was like They had this They wore it And they rocked it With pride mm, mm. And you, you reckon they had Washing machines Laundrette, laundromat. <laughs> Big up the but laundromat yeah, life. I just love, I love that. I just love that line. I, I really do. Um, yeah, I love that line. I too. actually connected some dots today as well, and it, it might not mean anything, mm. but when he talks about the Tims and the army, the army wear, it just brought me back to the um, cover for the war report. I swear I said that to you earlier on. Did you? I mentioned when you mentioned this earlier on. I mentioned. CNN and the war report. Am I taking credit? You are taking credit. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I connected some dads today. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I tried to make myself plagiarizing. I'm sorry. I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. So go on. Um, more lyrics. Well, uh, what were we going to say about the war report? Go on. No, it's just that the fact that they were wearing the Tims. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what I said and earlier on. The fact that Capone was on the back of the of the cover or the, you know the the artwork. Um, and Infamous, I think, is one of the precursors to the war report. Yeah, I, I think without definitely. the Infamous, you wouldn't have got the war report. And sure. I'm, I'm willing to go out on a limb and say, you know, Capone and Nori would say the same thing. Prodigy's opening bars mm. on, on um, Give Up the Goods yeah. when he says, um, what did he say again? Um, the snitch nigga gave the police a location to find him and chop his body up yeah, with six degrees of separation. separation. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. But I just love the, the double entendre. With the six degrees of separation mm. line, because um, considering film. it, yeah, considering it's a term, you know, we're, um, six. I think we're like six steps away from meeting someone who knows someone else, or something along those lines. I know it's a term called six degrees of separation. I've done a poor job of explaining it, but just that visual chopping someone's body up with six degrees of separation—that's just that eloquent violence that I love. From and it was Prodigy. a film at the time, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. I think so. I think so yeah, maybe he's referring to the film too. Yeah. I didn't I don't know if they and had a cinema triple. in Queensbridge, but um maybe. I don't know. It's one of my favourite lines too. Um What else? What else? What else? What else? The end of his verse on Temperatures Rising. Because mm. his his the way he, he breaks up certain words in the rhyme scheme just gets me every time when he says, um there's a chance that your case will get thrown out because they ain't got no proof to say you're guilty. Your fingerprints filthy. filthy. Deliver. Me the gun, I tie it to a brick and throw it in, in the river. river. Make sure it sinks <laughs> to the bottom. Outsmart police, snuck you out the projects. We got them. But still. Yeah, but still let's, oh. I love it. I love that. That was one of my favourites as well. Even though he's the master of the opening bar, he has a real good knack of knowing how to close as well. Mm. Take these words home and think them through Ooh. or the next yeah. round I write might be, be about, about you. you. Yeah. Come on, man. Crazy. Yeah. So there's more. I love what yeah. Nas said um, on Eye for an Eye when yeah. he starts talking about um, swerving in New York metropolis. The bridge brings apocalypse. Shoot at I the clouds. That. Feels like the holy beast is watching us. Yeah. That's Nas. Crazy. That's Nas. Yeah. What else can I say? There's no weak verses on the album. No, no. I mean... For me, I think you've summed up a lot of my favourites. 
I would add, I guess for me, like survival of the fittest, uh, where it goes, if I'm not at home puffing live, relaxing, New York got a beep. The press. So I wear the slug proof <laughs> underneath my guests. God bless my soul. And I love that. I really love that because it kind of goes back to that theme about, you know what, you know where you're living. The circumstances ain't great. You don't always feel great. So you're puffing lie to get away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, Self-medication. Exactly. And it's this idea of him openly saying, yeah, it got me feeling depressed. Like for a guy to say that in that time, I think is is pretty special, mm-hmm. um, very vulnerable. And then I love the fact that afterwards he's like, yeah, and I wear a slug proof underneath my guest. And it's this idea of you could be wearing something nice. But underneath it is the real reality of you're protecting yourself. I've never heard it like that. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking when I hear it. I'm like, wow, yeah, you're you're going out looking nice, but you've still, under niceness, got to have your guard up. So, wow. Yeah, I love that line. I love that perspective. Oh. I've never heard it that way. Oh. That's, that's what I'm here for. That's deep. Um, and then I love on Drink the Pain Away, where it's like uh, QB beep, be acting like they're kings, <laughs> pushing Lexuses, wearing fat diamond rings. Um, and it it's kind of similar in a way, this idea of, you know, yeah, they're going out, they're looking nice, they're acting like they're kings, but they're in Queensbridge, mm. you know, so oh, they can't I see really... What you, I see what you did. What? I see what you did, <laughs> acting like they're kings, but they're, they're from Queensbridge. Queensbridge. I see you. But no, it's 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 not even about Queensbridge Q, QB, but it's more the idea that they have to act a certain way because their reality is so different, Um and it is, it's, it, it kind of also goes hand in hand with the up north trip. It's an act they do. They're wearing the rings and having the Lexuses, but they're back in jail any time. Mm. So it, it's nothing's ever permanent. So I love that line. And I think finally on temperatures rising, really simple. I love it when they say, I know you need loot. So I send it through Western Union. Because I just think that's so real. It's, it's, it's the idea that, you know what, I've got to get something to you and I'm going to use this. And it's just something that we all recognise. Everyone recognises Western Union, whether someone's rich or poor. It's something that everyone knows so they can kind of relate to it in, in some sense. Mm. Um, Have you ever used Western Union? Yes. Okay. Did you think of this line when you went to Western Union like yeah, I did? Yeah, of course. Whenever I think of Western Union, I always think of that line. Yeah, me too. It's, it, it, just, it just goes hand in hand with that experience. Um yeah, and you've also got to think about, you know, to take money out of Western Union, you've got to have ID or something. So there's still risk involved in that. And you're thinking, oh, yeah, these guys are on the run mm. or Killaby's on the run and he's still got to get money somehow. Uh, I love that line anyway. Me too. So we had some special friends who uh, who called up our little hotline yeah. and left some messages about their favourite songs mm. on the album. And we, we got a special message from someone who was actually involved. Oof. In the making of the album Without this man There may not have been I don't think there would have been An infamous album No um, I'm not going to say his name But we'll just We'll just bring in Some of the messages here So let's Let's do this Cool Hey this is Steve Rifkin From Loud Records My favourite song On the infamous album Is An Eye for an Eye Um Happy anniversary 25 years Peace What's up Chris of Roxy This is Jameson And my favourite track of the infamous album has to be shook ones part two but close to that has to be survival of the fittest yeah man a big album shout out steve rifkin loud records you get me yo 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 this is cam uh, representing the crate 808 podcast uh big up for letting us jump on here man and uh yeah the infamous mob deep wowie where do you start um well, start my favourite song, I suppose. Um, there's so many on here and there's going to be bare people going for shook ones. Obviously, that is up there. But just a personal favourite, Survival of the Fittest. Survival of the Fittest, for me, as a kid growing up, that drum snare used to just break my back. Yo, this is K Knight, and my favorite track off the infamous. It's a hard one, but I'm gonna go with Give Up the Goods. Probably my favorite, like, Mob Deep track ever. Um, it's got slick Q Tip production with that um, Patrice Russian sample. We'll just love it. Um, and uh, Prodigy's verse is like one of the best verses I've ever heard in my life. He's going crazy on there. He's so young, yet yeah, his perspective is it's just amazing on there. And that's probably why I'm gonna go with that one. Hey, yo, Saren Jaunty. One half of Jane, I look out for that. 
you know, it's a joy to talk about this album and it's obvious highlights for me it's the intro start of your ending like, even to this day this track just sends me into the realm that zone that even diddy daddy with the braggadocio talk until track two just got right into it um you know when p says yo it's the p e double push it legs bubble in the winter you know it's just vivid like have it had just such an ability to emerge sounds and rhythms exemplify grit without it being quirky or horrorcore like yeah man that, that that that's where it starts for me hey yo so this is ju 84 here uh shout out to chris and roxy rockzilla and kinetic boom shout you lot out so again this is ju 84 here baby <laughs> of dream big achieve bigger music and it's uh 25th anniversary of the infamous soul my favorite song of the infamous has to be and this was tricky has to be shook ones part two now you're gonna be asking yourself or maybe not but you're gonna be saying duke why is it shook ones part two well firstly because of the drop <laughs> the drop of the record is a mad thing as soon as it starts and that that first drum hit you're like nah this tune is dangerous even like i don't know what that sound is like that eerie you're like what the f is the earth swallowing up right <laughs> yo what's up i'm kinetic my dude this is um kaiser just checking in um you know to tell you my favorite song on infamous probably trife life to be fair because i've been um <laughs> i've been in that situation a whole heap of times trust me um going to um other manners slipping um because of a girl and stuff but hey the power of the p but yeah the album's dope life-changing game-changing album but that's my favorite track shout out to connect shout out to roxy rocks um yeah have a good one peace yeah see murray here uh, wow, when we, when I think of the infamous project, timeless classic, uh, nostalgic piece, full of fire, um, so layered, so many different dimensions to it. For me, it's really hard to, to pick out one specific song as that whole album got me through uh, several prison sentences back to back and actually inspired me to start rapping. I just felt like that project took you to, to Queensbridge. It made you actually feel like you were there and you knew what was going on. Um, timeless peace, man. Temperatures rising. Uh, survival of the fittest. Too many up north trip. Um, drink away the pain. The start of your ending. Mad, mad. Fire, fire. What's going on, Kinetic? It's your boy Skillet from the Gorilla Position and the Kick Out podcast. Um, here to talk about the classic infamous album from Mob Deep. Um, uh, if I had to choose one song, I'm going to say uh, Survival of the Fittest. Now, this was a very hard decision for me to make because I love Eye for an Eye and I love Shook Ones. I love so many songs on that album, but if there was one I remember vividly playing over and over again, even putting it in mixtapes that I used to make, compilation mixtapes and cassette, and copied it over. And Survival of the Fittest was the one song that stood out to me beat is crazy the lyricism is ah uh, i think all of us could quote it all day so yes survival of the fit is is my go-to song on the infamous album peace yo chris and roxy what up uh it's cosign here repping louis den and i'm here to turn my favorite track off the infamous the classic mob deep album my pick would probably be temperatures rising I know a lot of people are probably going to say shook ones or um, right back at you or something like that. But yeah, temperatures rising. That's the one that just hits it for me. It's Q-Tips production. It's the uh, mob deep rhymes. It's the storytelling in the second verse. It's the Patrice Russian sample, how it all comes together. And Q-Tips like production sword is just wielded differently with this than he did for the Tribe albums and stuff. And it just, it just comes together in this hardcore hip hop gumbo that's just... Fantastic, man. So that's my pick. Temperature's rising. Have a good one. Peace. Yes, my name is Richie. My favourite song off the Infamous album is The Start of Your Ending. Obviously, it's got the hard beat and lyrics with that classic drum beat and airy jazz sample, as well as the whole crew in the background. Um, it's the first track, but I hear it was the last track recorded, and it does summarise the album well. 
their whole comeback from a failed first album, they were dropped from their label, they had to rebrand and recreate themselves. They learned to be more authentic and confident in expressing themselves, and it comes across in this song, as well as the whole album. Thanks to all our friends who, uh, who, who called up the, uh, the Chris and Roxy hotline to let us know what their favourite songs are. We appreciate you. And special thanks to Mr. Steve Rifkind um, for that opening message. Without him, we wouldn't have an infamous album. We may not have... A lot. There's Wood, a lot. Wu-Tang. Yeah. Cellar Dwellers. Oh. Exhibit. No. Yeah, big up to Steve Rifkin. And thank you to to, to my man. Um, he calls himself Jameson. That's his media name. But his real name is Gordon. And that's my man. So Why? I... Why <laughs> you got to do that? I appreciate You're you reaching snake. out to Steve. <laughs> You're a snake. I appreciate you reaching out to Steve to, to, to get that voicemail. It was, it was kind of crazy waking up at three in the morning to a message from um, the link up. And Amazing. Just, and just hearing that. So no, appreciate it. Big Noid. Ooh. Big Noid on the job. He is part of the fabric of Mob Deep. I'm just nodding my head. Yeah, he just is my head. part I agree. of the fabric of Mob Deep. I just think that he's synonymous. He's like you can't really take him out of Mob Deep. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, what would you what would you say about him? I think to me, Big Noid is Mob Deep. Yeah, that's that's it. I remember buying these albums like, you know, like back in the in the mid nineties. Um, I bought Hell on Earth mm. on release day. I bought Murder Music on release day. And I would always look at the credits to find out where is Big Noid? Mm. How many songs is Big Noid on? So he was on three on The Infamous. Yep. Um, and then he was on two on Hell on Earth. One on Murder music. music. I remember, you know, fast forwarding a bit when they signed to G-Unit and Big Noid wasn't on the album yeah. and I was very disappointed. But you knew then, like, it's not going to be the same anyway. It wasn't the same. Yeah, it, it wasn't, wasn't the same. But in, in terms of his artistic contributions, I think what Big Noid offered was, I think Havoc was very, very, very direct mm. and to the point. I think he's the producer, mm-hmm. right? Prodigy was very direct, but he was so eloquent. Eloquent. I was going to say the exact same word. So, so eloquent. Like, he was so eloquent with it. Mm. Um, and I don't think eloquent is a word you normally associate with someone like Prodigy, but to me, very, very eloquent. He was abstract. poetic. He was really poetic. That's the word. He was really poetic. Extremely, extremely poetic. Yeah. And I think Big Noy just sat in the middle. Yeah. Like, he, gave, he offered that balance. Well, very what? direct and somewhat poetic. And it just... It's... He was... But you know, it, he wasn't serious about rapping. I know. He was he a road man. He was a road he was literally a road man. He was a road man. And it was Havoc and Prodigy saying, Yeah, come in mm-hmm. and they be in studio. When they're taking breaks, he jump on the mic <clears throat> and be doing stuff. And it's literally from his verse on Give Up the Goods that he got his deal with Tommy Boy. And you got you gotta say though, his opening line on that is etched in my brain. Can I can I be honest with you? Yeah. I think Big Noid's verse on give up the goods for me and i'm saying for me mm. because these rap fans they're, they're too they're too they're too precious i think it's one of the greatest guest appearances of all time it's a great guest appearance he got two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for one verse uh, to be honest with you his first line says it all yeah it's the r a double p and what i love is back in queensbridge you were always called the rapper something yep so, you know, but later in later years, sometimes he'd be credited as Rapper Noid. And I yeah. thought, no, it's Big Noid. Yeah. But it, it's just, that's just a little random thing I, I, I read about. the fact he said, can't fuck with me. Yeah. I think that's such it. a sick intro he meant into it. a track. He meant with it. With your I think it's sick. Pushing the infinity. You ask, can I rip it constantly? Mentally? Definitely. To the death of me. Come and test. Come on. I hold it up there with Buster Rhymes verse on Scenario. Nice. Oh, I love that verse. AZ's verse, Life's a Bitch. Life's a bitch I, I, put, yeah. I hold it in that, yeah. that esteem. I think it's a great, great, great verse. And if you hear the demo version of that I've song, not heard it. I'll play it for you later. The, de- the lines are different, but he, he keeps that intro and he keeps other lines, but the delivery, it's just, mm. it, the beat's a bit different. It's just not the same. It's yeah. like lightning in a bottle. Yeah, but it's amazing that obviously, like, he's saying that whole thing on, like, Just Step about having uh, three different cases in three different places, which actually, but you know, that wasn't actually true to story. He had one case and two kind of minor misdemeanors, and he went to court, and they were like, hey, you're a good kid, man. 
and got him out. But what's funny though, he's actually missed the photo shoot. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. (laughs) But it wasn't actually three different cases. It just sounded good. Supposedly that was a... um, He was being being done basically for three different cases, but the judge clocked that they weren't really bad cases anyway. Okay. Yeah. But what's interesting, they said that that was a verse he would always kick up in the project. in the streets, yeah. Yeah, and people love that verse, so they put it on the album. Dope, dope. Um, what's next? What are we going to talk about next? Production. I mean, yes. the sound on the Infamous is really special. What would you say your thoughts are on the production in terms of thinking about the feel, um, the samples, the mixing? I think this is the album that really carved the sonic identity of Mob Deep. Mm. Very sparse, dark. But a glimmer of hope and mm. brightness trying to push through. But, but that comes, yeah, that comes from Q-tip, Q-tip, the brightness. Yeah. Um, the little brightness that <laughs> there was. Yeah. Um, I think I read, I read, a, I was watching an interview with Havoc and supposedly they approached Pete Rock for some beats. Um, and Pete Rock's price at the time, this is mm. what, 94, yeah. 95, roof, you know, yeah. off, the, off the back of the main ingredient and Mecca and the Soul Brother. So, you know, he, he would cost them a pretty penny. Yeah. To be Pete, fair, they were saying that Pete Rock was out there buying crates of records for six six grand a time, going to conventions and stuff. So mm-hmm. really and truly, I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um, in terms of in terms of the production, it's just for me, it it really just this is Havoc's coming out party. Yeah. If you could, it's made. I hear desperation in the beats. I literally hear hunger. Yeah. In in these beats. I hear I hear panic, I hear starvation, really sparse and just hopeless. I think what I love about the album in terms of the sound and how it comes across is I completely agree. There is darkness, there is pain, there is brightness and there is hope. There's a lot of feeling, I guess. Mm. Most importantly, it's not a numb album. It's like some albums that are dark are very numb and this Mm. isn't that. It's full of feeling. Um, And I think it really sonically communicates. And this is what Havoc said he wanted this project to be was to kind of give an audio look into what life was like in Queensbridge and I think it clearly does that really really well Mm. um but I mean I think the most amazing thing about it is that Q-Tip played such a pivotal role in the entire entire album and the little things that he added and he was involved in pretty much every song most of the songs actually some capacity whether it was just adding a snare Mm. or I don't know making something sound louder I read an interview I can't remember. I think it was Matt E.C. Yeah. and Scott Free. They basically said Q-Tip executive produced that yeah. album with them. But what he wanted was he didn't want the credit. So Matt E.C. says Q-Tip didn't really want the credit for it. He wanted Havoc to shine. And I think that's what's so beautiful about it was that Q-Tip was basically just coaching them. He was consulting in some capacity mm. basically to help them bring this vision to life. Um and he didn't want to claim that credit. You know what always amazes me about the album? When you think about how it's presented in terms of being a really, uh, a street record. This is a street record. Mm. Let's, 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 just because we like it, let's not, let's not miss that point. Q-tip coming from a tribe called Quest. Yeah. You know, uh, a very, I don't want to say safe, access- mm-hmm. compared to Mob Deep, a lot more accessible mm-hmm. for the time. Um, and I think that's, that, that's denoted by, by their success. But, to me, Q-Tip really showed his range as a producer. Yeah, and I think actually just even to think that he was working in that environment where those guys were drinking and smoking. And at that point, Q-Tip was living as Kamal in his Muslim life. Mm. And I think supposedly in the studios, he was rather than drinking, doing push-ups. And Is stuff. that for real? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's something I read was that he was, <laughs> those guys were drinking and smoking. With the 800 wings in the corner. Yeah, 800 wings, 20 guys. He was like, I'm going to do push-ups and stay strong. Imagine working in a restaurant and someone calls up and says, we want 800 wings. Like, how do you process that? I have no idea. Like, how do you, like for real, do you that even have 800 fryer wings? fryer is going to go crazy. But do you even have 800 wings here? That's the question. I don't know if it's hyperbole. Maybe it was hyperbole because I think they were saying like Havoc was smoking thousands of cigarettes making beats too. I, I don't know if he was smoking thousands of cigarettes. You have to... You corps are making lots of money that day. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 They owe hip hop a very, a very, very, a very big check. Um, but yeah, product, production. What I really love about the production as well, uh, the snares. I love the snares. So I'm, 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 I'm crazy about drums. Even though I'm not a producer, 
If you really want to get me hooked, the sample draws me in, but it's them drums. Well, I love Havoc's use of drums. I I, I, I really, really, really love really, it. Is it just I think, me? Because uh, I think because you used to make you dabbled in the production a bit. So uh, I, I think different. let's not over overstate what I did. No, you dabbled with no, it. No, dabbled for a little while. A little yeah. while, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, you, yeah, very little yeah, while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you touched the NPC for a bit. Yeah. Um, the drums just sound really tight. Yeah, loud. Yeah. But, but a lot of the loudness that was from Q-Tip. He made them sound bigger, bigger, right? That was his role in it was about really making the drums come to life, I think. Yeah. Love the, I love all the... I love... There's only one beat on the album. I'm kind of... Oh, yeah. We've spoken about yeah, this. Yeah, right back at you. I don't, I don't really like the beat on that song. It's a bit... I like it. It's not my favourite beat. Right. I like that song a lot, actually. I love the features on that song. Yeah, um, the features the features are, are great. I've got a random fact about that song actually. Um, so Rayquan and Ghostface yeah. weren't supposed to be on the song. I know they just um, called him down. Yeah, so there was a guy called Hype the Madman who was supposed to be on that song. Yep. He laid his verse. Prodigy was like, um, "Nah, we need him to change it. Get him to come back." He didn't want to come back. He's like, "Nah, this is this is dope. This is tight." He never came back. Um, and it just makes you wonder how different his career. Mm, could have been may have been had he just come back yeah um but you know i i, I got a song from him he's now he now goes by the name of hdm so he's done some of the he's done some songs with um, nick Wiz. is it good it's okay well, it's i love okay. nick Wiz, but is he good he's, mm, he's all right he's all right he's no ghost no ray no but, yeah, very well, few, but very few people are you sneeze you lose babe yeah very few people are and it's actually reading that story made me realize if i've gone back to the studio to do stuff over yeah on my own volition or if someone's called me back and it's really just driven that point home to me if a producer says to me listen hmm. come back I'll come back I'm coming back <laughs> you're loyal to the game no I have to be you're loyal to the I have game. to be because you don't know what opportunities you'll end up losing as a yeah, result definitely. so definitely go back to the studio I think the I think one of the strengths are the samples across yes. the album it's so soulful Al this, Green yeah Patrice Russian who else we got on here Quincy Jones Fatback Band okay Spinners Nice. Yeah, there's a lot. So I, I think um, I think Green. I read as I think I read as well that Matty C and Scott Free. I keep saying the names because they're yeah. my favorite A and Rs ever in they're history great of life. A&Rs. Love those guys. Um, they were bringing records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they the were studio. going to the Roosevelt um, record conventions, picking up mad crates of forty five, seeing like Pete Rock, Large Pro, those guys there. Imagine going to. Um... <laughs> That's where they saw him with like six grand records. But imagine you. Okay, imagine <clears throat> we're making this album. Okay. Yeah. We're going to the record store. We're going to pick up some records. We're, we're making an album. You're going through your crates, getting mad bacteria in your nose, dirt in your fingernails, and you look to your left and you see Pete Rock. And no. you look to your right and you see Lars Professor. I'd be intimidated. No, the worst thing about it is, check this out, is that, yes, that is really intimidating. But imagine going at 9am and Pete Rock is already walking out with nine, six different, grand. Different behaviour. But you know that there was a lot of gold dust in there and it's already gone. It's gone. You're kind of left with second class stuff. But isn't that, I think, isn't that one of the um, the glowing points about this album? They basically use what they had. Well, they, they had great stuff, to be fair. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it was, they had trash. They made the most of what they had. A lot of the records they used as well came from, um, I think... Because, you know, Prodigy comes from a very musical family. Yeah. Like, his, his dad played um, in a jazz band. I can't remember his, his uh, granddad's name, actually. But I know he's, he comes from a very, very musical family. Mm-hmm. Um, a mother owned a ballet school and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Havoc's father was a DJ. So, a lot of what they used were things that they already had. Mm-hmm. And they had new, yeah. Yeah, That's so, cool. yeah. Love, I, love those, I love those stories. Q-tips, contributions. I, I, I think... I know we've touched on it, but he's vital without well, he's him. Part biggest part of the journey in some ways in terms of them seeing him and kind of accosting him. <laughs> That's the word, accosting. You know that Havoc's gun went off in the studio by accident. In the when? studio, in, in the when he went up at the label. Sorry, did you know that? No. And, and uh, shot an exec. You didn't know that? No. Yeah. Google it, man. He shot someone. Yeah, by accident. He was like threatening them, like, yeah, go get me these um, posters, blah, blah, blah. Well, has a gun out and then accidentally ends up shooting someone. The bullet went into them. I don't know if it went into them, but shoots at someone. Wow. It's mad. Wow. Yeah, That's were, crazy. They were rolling deep. They were so, rolling deep. <laughs> so Q-tip, prov- I've got my notes here. Q-tip provided mentorship. Yep. 
brightness and melody. Yeah. He added polish but kept the grip. Yeah. Showcased his vers- versatility as a producer and had a hand in many songs from mixing, adding little bits like Survival of the Fittest, yeah. where he, he kind of, I'm, I'm talking basic producer language here, turned up the volume and made it a, a, a bigger a bigger mm. record. And he was just the, the hidden hand. Mm. I think he was kind of a visionary of this album. I think he knew where it could go. Yes. He saw it for what it could be, be rather yeah. than what it was. Yeah. And I think he saw it for what it could be in its best form, most authentic form. Mm. And he wanted to make that happen. And he did that really well. Yeah. Did it God really bless well. Him. Yeah. God bless you. I think it's one of his shining achievements as a producer. Oh God. And this is, this is someone who's done stuff so for much. Tribe and Nas and it's one of, it's up there. I mean, yeah. in terms of his producer CV, Give Up the Goods and Temperatures Rising, Rising comes high. Classic. Yeah, high. I have a theory. What? I think Q-Tip working on this album with its very dark feel mm-hmm. influenced the making of Beats, Rhymes and Life. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. As their darkest, as Tribe's darkest album. Yeah. That's just a theory. I can't prove it. I just thought about that today. Yeah, that's an interesting take. Yeah. Well, I guess you're exposed even more so. I mean, you're already exposed. He he sees everything on a day-to-day basis. But in that writing process and working with the guys, and he was living a very different life at that point in time. Mm. So he's kind of taken, I mean, taken back in some ways. So yeah. I think, yeah, I can imagine it definitely would make it darker. Definitely. So just before we wrap up, final thoughts. Mm. How important is the infamous album 25 years later? I think... For me, I don't really go a month without listening to it. And that's just me. I'm a, true. Yeah. True. true. I go to the gym and if I'm not playing Shook Ones or uh, Survival of the Fittest, it's not really a session for me if I go hard in. Um, I've got a story for you. What? I was listening to Shook Ones on June 20. Yeah. 2017, which is my birthday. birthday. And I got a call that Prodigy had died as soon Crazy. as the song finished. What a bad birthday. Yeah, on my birthday. That's it's tarnished. Trash. It's tarnished. That's trash. It's tarnished forever. And I remember Dave called me, like, just to check on me. He's like, are you, are you okay? Like, because people know, like, it, that's that's what made me realise like, how, like, Mob Deep is really just synonym, synonymous yeah. with who I am as, as an artist and, and as a person. So, yeah, carry I think, on. Yeah, I think for me, you know, the Mob Deep, I mean, Queens, Queensbridge was always on the map, but I think they put their sound of Queensbridge on the map. Um, and that album stands alone. I don't think there's any fillers. I think every skit is beautiful, beautiful. authentic. They're real. Most of those skits were done in real time, just them being themselves. But supposedly they were they were recorded at the end and Prodigy was just by himself or maybe with a couple of people and yeah. he would turn the mic on and just talk. Yeah. yeah, and that's exactly what it is. And I think that's what's so great about it. I think because it's so authentic, and because the beats are so banging, the mixing is amazing. Yes. I have to say hip hop would not be the same without the infamous. I think the chain of events after, in terms of the sound of hip hop, especially for New York, I think we'd have lost a lot of classics. So I think 25, mm. 25 years on, it stays integral to the sound of hip hop, especially for the 90s. But even nowadays, as I said, I don't think you can go to a single rave and have that song come on and people not want to go crazy. Yeah. And feel anger and feel like, you know what? You're a fucking shook one. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, you just reminded me, just that even the, the term shook yeah. is part of the hip hop lexicon. Like we well, use it in everyday great conversation. Thing about their album was about using kind of Queensbridge lingo. The done language. Yeah, the done language, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people be like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I get this. Yeah. I understand this now. Definitely, definitely. For me, I think... Classic, 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 classic album in every sense of the word. It's bleak, yep. but it's beautiful. Um, it's, it's youthful nihilism, uh-uh. but it covers many. <laughs> How can I- you laugh at my dystopian and you bring beautiful nihilism? Yeah, it's, it's, this is the writer in me coming out. Um, it's youthful nihilism, but it covers a lot of serious issues. Can I just say, he's got a big paragraph he's reading from right now. This is not from the top of his head. Yeah, of course not, but I, it's from my mind, though. It's from my <laughs> mind, you get me? So yeah, youthful nihilism covers a lot of serious issues that yeah. we mentioned earlier in the show. Depression, self-medication, mm. paranoia, that kind of stuff. It got better with time. So when it came out, from what I can understand, because I wasn't really outside, outside, mm-hmm. 
everybody loved that album. Shop yeah. Ones came out earlier in the year. I think it was like February 95. Yeah. So everybody knew what was coming. Yeah. They were but ready. I think in time and retrospectively, it's a law just it's grew. Grown, yeah. And I think one of the biggest, the biggest um, testaments to it getting better over time and people looking back and saying, oh, you know what? This album's actually amazing. The source originally gave it four, four and, and a half. half. Yeah. Which I was going to bring this up. Yeah, don't sniff. Yeah. If I if I got three mics in the source, three and a half, I'm good. I'm good to go. But you and I both know that this is a five mics album. Yeah, and they knew it. They had to. They went back and um, re-rated it and gave it five. Yeah. And Double XL did the same thing as well. They went back and said, "No, this is this is a classic album." Rightly so, because I don't know where you could make it any better. No. You and can't. I think that's one of the key reasons when you know something is either finished or it's classic. There's nothing I can add to it it's beautiful anything i add to it, it's almost like you know when you when you cook food right mm-hmm. you might be able to dash a little salt in there but for the most part what are you trying to say say my food's got no salt in it no, salt salt not enough salt what are you trying to say i'm just i'm paraphrasing here so you might i'm very to... i'm very disappointed right now the analogy you're using is highly okay. offensive all right all right this is highly offensive scratch that scratch that scratch i that use part. a lot of salt in my food scratch that no, no, I, I know i know what you mean i know what you mean you could sprinkle a little also bit i want to publicly salt. um celebrate you for your rice game Okay, yeah? all right. We're going to mention your rice a lot on this podcast. Um, Them guilt trips there. <laughs> <laughs> the album was integral in terms of um, bringing the spotlight back onto the East Coast. Yeah. You know, Dre and them had their run. Yeah, West Coast was doing a lot then. Yeah, they had, they had their run. But this is one of those albums, oftentimes, you know, we talk about Ready to Die and Nomadic, and we forget albums. I want to say we forget this album, but Infamous, Cuban Links, do or Die, Black Moon, mm. all these albums were just as important in terms yeah. of shifting shifting the light back to New York. I've written here that it's five mics at least. Yeah. I would argue give it six. And it's one of the albums that really ushered my entry into hip-hop nerdism. Agreed. I think me too. And I, I literally remember downloading this, really getting into it. And around the time of Facebook, for those of you that remember Facebook, <laughs> I remember when like you had your favourite artists I remember putting up Mob Deep, Love the Infamous album. And that was when I was just kind of like 14, 15, and to be what, 17, 16, 17 years on. And I still feel the exact same way Mm -hmm. about that album. It says a lot. Some albums you listen to when you're younger and you love it and something stick with you. And I think this album is one that is a staple for any collection, any any collection if you like, like hip hop I like that I have a question what wild card question oh no don't do this don't do this to me in the context yeah. of our relationship yeah as husband and wife mm. who is the havoc of this relationship and who is prodigy in what in what sense just in terms of our demeanour our, our, our swag our, the way we approach things I think you're more havoc excuse me <laughs> <laughs> excuse me I think you're more havoc. Why? I think you're you're a bit you're a bit darker in terms of like sound. Huh? <laughs> are you for real? Why are you so offended? You want me to be havoc, but you'll be offended by being havoc. You're, you're I'm not offended because havoc's a G. Havoc's a man. Be, what you want to be closer to prodigy? Is that what it is? Eloquent, so that, hold poetic. on. So you're saying that I'm not eloquent, poetic? I never said that. So what are you trying to say? Havoc is the is the is the is the backbone of the mob deep sound. You're like the backbone of the home. Of the home, what yeah. is a woman? No, you're just the soul of the home. It's you a good this, thing. You see this gender roles here. No, it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll have it because you're a little bit darker. Explain. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Your mindset is a bit darker. Elaborate. I'm a bit brighter. Do you know what I mean? I'm a bit more like chipper, perkier. Okay. okay. And I think the Havoc is genuinely a bit of a darker person. Okay. I'll take that. I'm not saying that you're a constant depressive. <laughs> I do have my, my moments though. <laughs> yeah, but you have more moments than I do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. On a day-to-day basis. And I think you get consumed into things. When I read about Havoc's working process, I think this reminds me a lot of you. Is okay. that you're, you're eating wings while Havoc was smoking Newport's. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. First episode in the bag. We don't have a name, but um, <laughs> by the time this is out, we'll have a name, obviously. It might just be we don't have a name. 
well, we might as well just roll with that one, I guess. <laughs> um, let, let our listeners know where they can find... We don't have a husband and wife Twitter. That's not happening. No, um, I don't really want that. Nah, that's long. Um, let people know where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at a tribe called Rocks. And that's R-O-X. And you can find me at I am Kinetic, which is I-A-M-K-I-N-E-T-I-K. E-T, not E-C. Did I say C? E-C? Yeah. yeah. Oh, E-C. sorry. It's E-T-I-K. Right. I can spell. I can spell. I actually Eloquent. have a degree. Eloquent. See, articulate. Look at her. Sending Prodigy. shots. Prodigy. Sending shots. <laughs> Sending shots. Enjoy doing this. Yeah, me too. By the way, you are articulate and you are eloquent. I and know actually, this. I don't think that you are Havoc, to be honest with you. I think you're a mixture of both. Don't know. You might just be annoyed. I'll take that too. You might be annoyed. You can be annoyed. Just without the um the three cases in three places. <laughs> Last time I stepped to the courtroom, I was doing journalism. I was writing about it. Oh, me too. <laughs> Snitching on people on paper. <laughs> Enjoy this episode. Nice. And um, we'll, we'll be back soon. We haven't even decided on the schedule, whether it's going to be weekly or fortnightly. It depends on how this episode does. So we need everyone to share and talk about it and say nice things. And thank you to everyone who's contributed. Thank you, guys. See you Peace. soon. Peace. We're gone. <laughs>